been in a message series titled Made for More, Made for More, and um, the subtitle of this series is Be Everything You Were Created to Be, and I just want to highlight because um, getting excited as we're coming up, as, as I have been, is we're doing something called Conversation Sunday, uh, which is at the conclusion of this series. We got a few more weeks left on this. And we're just encouraging you guys to ask any anonymous question as you're processing through some of the things that we're processing through in this series. Man, I just truly believe, uh, let's have a dialogue about it. So um, no shame in the game. If you got any question, it's anonymous. It's not going to be like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, so-and-so asked this. Like, no, like, no judgment, right? We're like, we, we're all growing in our faith journey together, and everyone's next step looks a little bit differently. So I think it's beneficial when we have a conversation to hear how other people are processing their faith as well. So we're going to be doing this in several weeks. But in order for this to be successful, man, we gotta, we got to be asking questions. So I've gotten a few questions in my email inbox, but I'm praying for more. So as we continue in this series, uh, be sure to head to our website or uh, swing by the Connect table, and you can drop off an anonymous question there as well. And we're going to gather those questions together and use a Sunday to kind of engage with those questions. And I'm excited about that. But last week, to get us caught up, uh, the title of last week's message was titled More Masterpieces, and uh, we w- we've been looking at uh, the letter to the church in Ephesus. You know, this man, Paul, who was one of the leaders of the early church, um, things weren't going too well for him. He was on house arrest, and he was really advocating for uh, understanding, first and foremost, that his back was up against the wall. You know, the chances of him dying because of his faith and being a follower of Jesus during this time was 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 pretty sure and um, so he writes this letter to the churches in Ephesus while he's under house arrest with this posture of saying hey as the church let's reflect on how we can be powerful witnesses how we are to live our lives because the reality is Paul's like hey if I'm gone what legacy can I leave behind to encourage the church as the church progresses in a society that maybe is hostile towards this faith movement that Jesus was creating right And last week, we've been diving into this letter that he's been encouraging the church during this time. And and last week, we really landed on kind of one main thought um, that'll be up on the screen. And and this thought is this, is that you are a masterpiece made for a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece mission. You know, in in the New International Version that we looked at last week, there's this this word um, that represents this, this Greek word really illustrating that we are God's masterpieces, that none of us are created um, the same, that each and every one of us are created uniquely, and God has given us the ability, because of our uniqueness, to join in with his mission and his purpose to live out a -a one-of-a-kind mission that God has called each and every one of us to. And we kind of started dissecting this idea, because what we're talking about is the idea of calling. Uh, Each and every one of us has a specific, a personal, or what we would call a unique calling And we really want to live in the sweet spot, intersection of what it means to be called or what that looks like. So uh, up on the screen, we had kind of, we identified our sweet spot intersection between three kind of questions that many times we ask about uh, our identity. It has to do with the words be, do, and go, right? Who am I created to be? That's our identity. What am I made to do? That's our mission. And where do I fit in? Where am I supposed to go, right? That's our position. And when we figure that out, we find the intersection between those three things, we can truly live in our sweet spot. So we looked at two main things, the primary calling for what God has called and commissioned his church to do, but then the unique calling that God has given each and every one of us. So here's how we define that last week. Our primary calling 
is to be a disciple who makes disciples wherever we are. You know, Jesus, before he left, this was the mission that he's like, okay, church, like, here's what you're supposed to do. Like, we can't get rid of this. We, we got, we, this is the plan. This is how we multiply. If I'm going to be an activist for anything, Jesus is like, here it is, right? We can die on so many little hills, but he's like, make disciples. Be one first and foremost, but, but go and make disciples also wherever you're at. The location doesn't matter because wherever you are, if you're living in community, there are other people who carry out this primary calling and mission God has called his church to live out. But the beauty within that is there's another side to the coin, right? And it's the fact that each and every one of us are unique, and it's going to look different how we live that calling out. So our personal calling, as we clued into Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 10, is that I am uniquely made to do good works and deeds wherever I can be most effective. So this is the more entrepreneurial calling that is unique to us, that if we're passive about it, we're not going to make any progress, right? In the same way, I would argue if we're not passive about the initial primary calling, we're probably not going to make much headway. And for us, even as a, as a unique church body in the larger body of Christ, we are not the only church, right? We represent the massive global body of Christ. Uniquely, we've, we've just felt in this season that, man, we want to do good at both of those things. Our primary calling, being faithful to what God's called us to do and being intentional about that, but also being intentional about making sure people feel like, hey, how do I wrestle with identifying what my unique or personal calling or contribution to the world is underneath God's purpose and his mission? And we really just addressed this and started kind of unpacking this and identifying and, and asking the question, are, are we living in our sweet spot? Because Jesus reminds us that as, as people, as created people by him, we're, we're made for more. We're truly made for more. And we're not just volunteers, because sometimes we equate church to volunteerism, or we equate it and we reduce it down to maybe one idea about what Jesus would, would encourage us to do in our behavior, right? But really, we are not just volunteers, but we are masterpieces. You are a masterpiece. A masterpiece created by him. There's so much dignity and value. God's thumbprint is on you. He's created you in his image. Whether you choose to reflect his likeness or not, by the way God created you, you are after his image. And you are humanity. Such a beautiful thing. So this morning, the title last week was More Masterpieces. This week, we're going to dive into the title, which is More motivation more motivation and it really is just surrounded upon this idea is of what are we motivated by what motivates us what gets us going what in the context of what we've been talking about about our calling how are you motivated to pursue those things how are you motivated to maybe pursue the things that jesus has prioritized pursue the idea that man i want to live in the pocket in the grace of who i'm created to be what does that look like? What are you motivated by? And, and I just want to say this, is there's no way a pastor can maintain the job of motiva- motivating everyone to live out their calling. There's, there's no way. There's no way myself, Pastor Callie, our staff can maintain the role of constantly motivating other people to live out their calling. And I use the phrase live out because I truly believe this. It's an ongoing posture. And motivating, 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 being a big cheerleader. Man, that's one of, that's one of the big things. It's like, hey, man, let's, let's create an environment where, where people's faith really thrives. But to sustain that, to live that out, is, is that what we're motivated by? Is it the latest kind of like sermon that really kind of gets us going and makes us feel inspired? That's great. But, but what is it that actually keeps us moving in our faith, keeps us 
motivated to push through and to seek the things that maybe God has prioritized for our lives. So we're going to be looking into that this morning. And the, the beautiful thing is Paul continues in Ephesians chapter 3. And, and he really begins to unpack a deep, profound motivation that I think is going to be so important as we move forward in this really this conversation about what it means to live out the calling that God has displayed before us. Because our motivation, man, it dictates so much of how we are going to be successful in living out our lives. So we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. And Paul unpacks this, and we're going we're gonna to read this together before we continue. And it says this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. Follow along with me. If you don't have your Bible, it's up on the screen. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray before we continue this morning. Lord, we're so thankful that you're the answer to this place. We're so thankful that Although many times we encounter people that look a lot like you and it, it reminds us of your character. Lord, we also understand that the reality that all the time we fail one another. But we're thankful that even as we let each other down, you stay as the head. So Lord, I just pray that something supernatural would happen in this place this morning in our hearts and our minds. That we would be reminded that you're the head. Your posture is our target right now today. Lord, would you, would you, would you transform us? Lord, would you reveal new things to us? Lord, we're thankful that your word never returns void. So, Lord, we know that you're doing something in each and every one of our hearts. So would you grab and take hold of those things this morning? Would it catapult us into your next week? In Jesus' name. Everybody says amen. All right. Well, Ephesians chapter 3, Paul begins to just kind of unpack a source of endless motivation. And that source of endless motivation is this topic and this idea of love. Paul's prayer. The people of God would drown in the ocean of God's love. You know, love is the only fuel that can sustain us on this mission that he's called us to serve, to love. He's commissioned us to connect people to the reality of who he is and the posture of love that he's taken for us that was displayed on a cross for our sins. You know, when we experience Jesus' love, it motivates us. It motivates us to love other people. God's love is radical. God's love is infinite. God's love is unconditional. God's love is others regarding. God's love is never giving up. God's love is always for you. God's love is sacrificial, and God's love was displayed and personified through Jesus, the God-man who came in the flesh. In 
the pinnacle of his, his ministry was displayed through the sacrifice, the perfect love that was defined and displayed on the cross for each and every one of us. His love is revealed to us through Jesus. And I love this verse because near the end of Jesus' ministry, he's getting ready to display this perfect love defined by the way and the posture that he lives to give up his own rights for the sake of the people and the ones that he loves, human race. And it says in John 13, 33 through 35, he's speaking and he says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now. Where I am going, you cannot come, right? So this is the transition. The transition's about to happen that Jesus is like, my ministry's about to end, but there's a powerful ministry and calling that's about to be burst forth through the church, through my church, through my body. Jesus displays himself and defines himself as the head of the body of Christ, but we have the privilege and opportunity to be his witness as a body and he says in verse 34 a new command i give you love one another as i have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another it's amazing right love this is the new command love one another in the way that i've loved you and then what do we see several days later that gets defined even more beautifully, specifically, powerfully as Jesus is murdered on behalf for us. Love defined and personified. But let's look back at Ephesians 3 as we process this love and this motivation, right? It says, in, as we continue again in Ephesians three sixteen. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul has this concern that our inner being needs to be strengthened with the power of Jesus dwelling in our hearts. Man, I love that inner being. Man, everything within us. We're talking about heart deep, soul deep transformation. This love that needs to inform us and transform us as people from the inside out. It's amazing when we think about it because it's not, it's not talking about like, hey, like, just try harder to be good people, right? Like, many times we fall into that trap. Like, we're just we're trying harder. We're just, we're, we're doing everything we can. But he's saying, just do this. Let the love of Jesus change the essence of who we are. Let it speak to you. Reflect on his love. Reflect on how much he loves you. Be reminded of that love. Be reminded of what he's done for you. And let that begin to define, define your inner being, the inner core of who you are. Let it be, in essence, this foundation. And then he goes on, Paul, and he continues in this section of Scripture. He says this, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. You know, rooted, we have two kind of metaphors here. We have rooted, which is an agricultural metaphor, 
and, and then we have this kind of foundation establishing, right, which is more of a construction metaphor. So rooted, right? Paul's encouraging us to stay rooted, meaning that the depth to the entire earth of God's love, that's going to give you the sustainable nutrients, right? Like we, there's this massive earth of God's love that it's like if you're rooted, man, keep getting deep into the soil of that because it's going to give you and provide the nutrients to keep you going, to push through when people push back on you, when you're trying to push through in a sacrificial posture of love. The thing that's going to keep pushing you through is being reminded and rooted in the amazing idea and mind-blowing nature of how amazing and massive God's love is for you. But he also says established, right? This more constructive construction metaphor that reminds us that there's this massive vision that God's constructed for each and every one of us. But that massive vision needs to have a massive, massive foundation. God's love is foundational. But this massive vision, in order for this massive vision not to, to t- topple over, right, it has to be the foundation of everything else. Because when we lose sight of the massive capacity and mind-blowing nature of God's love, we have a tendency to be loose in our foundation and to topple over. He continues in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, beginning with 18b, he says, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Hmm. Filled to the measure of of all the fullness of God. I feel like that that was personified in, in, in Jesus. And I don't know about you and my human brokenness. I identify many times in my life where, where I'm not full. I'm not completely full yet. And I don't know about you, but it makes me have a posture of saying, I want to keep digging in there. I want to keep digging in and identifying what it means to be completely full. Are we all completely full, perfect people? By no means. But I'll say this. Our posture should be this. Sign me up for that. Sign me up for more. Sign me up, God, for the power of your love filling us to display, to be the foundation, to be what we're rooted in that goes beyond our knowledge or our human comprehension of how great your love is for us. We aren't completely full, but we have an opportunity to say, God, let's keep digging. Let's keep exploring. Keep showing me. Keep revealing to me. Allow your love and the expression of your love and how you come after me to continue to define how I move forward. Then goes on in verse 20. Paul writes, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You know, 
often think about a metaphor that I think has been used many times before, but viewing God's love as an ocean. And it's almost like even even when you just got a teaspoon of that, it changes you. It transforms you. Even without a full revelation of God's immeasurable love for us, when we just get even a teaspoon of that, it helps us identify that I've tasted that, but I also recognize that it's a teaspoon of an ocean. It gives me hope to remember that there is more. There's more. There is more in that salvation. There's more in that earth. There's more in those nutrients. There is more that is able to keep and sustain us and motivate us to be people that keep going. And this morning, one of the kind of the big, big things that, that we've been talking about in this series is kind of the commitment as a church that, that we are committed to making with, with our church family, right? And the, the commitment is this idea, it'll be up on the screen, of you can do it, we can help. You can do it, we can help. Because many times there's the other side of that, that there's a posture sometimes we can easily take as saying, no, like, we're going to do it all and, and you can help. Like, as the church, as kind of the institution, as the staff, as the people who are in charge, like, we're going to do it and then you're going to help. But rather, when we reverse that posture, we begin to represent the unique mosaic and the masterpieces and specific visions being sent out as God's people that add up to this massive vision that God sees for his church being sent out into the culture, into society, that begins to break down the needs that exist, that people face each and every day, that we begin to be vessels that represent the life and the posture of Jesus, rather than there being one representative and witness of Jesus as himself, we get to be the witnesses on behalf of Jesus and continue to break down those very very barriers that Jesus saw everywhere he walked with, he walked with his way. Now we get to walk with him. Now we get to walk with him in a space that's filled with nutrients. We can do it. Here's, here's our commitment. We can help you. We want to help. But how can you stay motivated to pursue your primary and personal calling? That ongoing motivation isn't up to anybody else other than you. It's on you. It's on your breath, your energy, your life. The one that you're living, the one that you have the free will and control and power to express each and every day of your life. It needs to be motivated by the love of Jesus. Because his love is an endless source of motivation. Sacrificial love is the only sufficient motivation to sustain us and keep going and to lead us forward. And there's in the midst of the things that this life throws at us in the midst of the obstacle or valley types of seasons that sometimes beat down on us and allows the enemy to just speak lies of discouragement, but God reminds us that it's worth it because it's worth it. It's worth it because it's God who loves you. Any other motivation, sometimes guilt, is not sufficient. Pastor, pump me up. Keep me motivated not going to be sustainable. Of course, man, I want to be a person that creates an environment where we're pumped about about the things of God, but I do not have a human capacity to sustain your calling, to continue to motivate who you are. 
See, sometimes we can take a posture of saying, well, this is, this is our vision. This is my vision, right? And I need to guilt you into believing that, 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 that you should participate. And we can't, we can't be motivated by guilt. We can't be motivated, well, the pastor told me, so maybe I should start, like, serving. Yeah, the pastor told me, so maybe I should get into a small group. It's like, no, like, like, that's guilt. Let's, let's move that out of the way. It's not based out of a place that says whatever pastor says is the things I should do. It's based out of a place that says Jesus, see, his love is so grand, is so massive that it motivates us to say it's time to grow. It's time to take hold of my faith. Pastor pump me up to sustain my motivation. It just won't work. And I've heard this before. You know, as pastors, you hear all sorts of great stuff, right? Um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you'll have a person who's kind of like a church attender, somebody who's affiliated with church for, for many, many years. And, 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 and many of us have heard this before. And it's like, well, I'm just, I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. And I'll say this, is you, I think you've missed your motivation. Because it's time to grow. You've missed the motivation. You've missed the love of God. Being the motivation. You haven't missed the peace being the motivation. I'm sure you've probably encountered that. But in terms of moving forward, you might have missed the motivation to just to live out your faith. To live out the vision that called, God has called you into this thing. To be able to move forward. If your motivation is solely ba- based on the pastor, this isn't pastoranity. <laughs> Made that word up. Right? Sometimes we live that way. Like pastorality, I'm trying to be like the little pastor. Like, follow me as I follow Christ. I get this. But this is Christianity. This is, this is the one that isn't spoon-fed Christianity, where we reproduce the equivalent of like spiritual Peter Pans who never want to grow up and like live in the faith of their mom's basement, right? Like that's not what we're doing here because God is calling us on a journey to grow. God is saying reproduce maturity. Sustain that by the love of God, not based on the guilt that you feel when someone else encourages you to do something in the trajectory of good. But literally be motivated to grow because Jesus has done something so profound for you. It motivates you and gives you a reason for the hope that you have and the way that you live and the posture that you take towards others who maybe are outside of that reality that God wants to remind them how much he loves them on behalf of the fact that he died for them and died for each and every one of us. This is Christianity surrounded upon Jesus. And I believe this, this morning, it'll be up on the screen, and this is kind of the last thought that I want to leave us with this morning, is in order to make a difference, because many of us maybe have been talking about, it's like, yeah, like, been thinking about our personal calling, our unique calling, and maybe there's been some clarity for you, but I believe this, in order to make a difference, we need to first know he's already made a difference in your life. You can't take that away. He's already, he's already made the difference. And that fuel is going to be the thing that inter- helps you continue to make a difference. And when you try to go make a difference, here's what's going to happen. People are going to push back. When you try to go make a difference, there's going to be hard things that come in the way. When you try to make a difference, people aren't going to be, everybody's not going to be your friend, your favorite. Not everybody's going to be on board with that. When you start making ways for God's kingdom, there's going to be things that are going to happen. 
And we have to be sustained and rooted in the profound nature of Jesus' sacrificial love. Because it's an ocean that's beyond an ocean. It's a cosmological ocean and universe that's beyond human comprehension that has an unlimited fuel source to keep you moving in the midst of discouragement, in the midst of your human decay, in the midst of your human imperfection. Jesus has already done something and displayed something so much more profound that will be the fuel and the unlimited fuel tank you need to keep pushing on. Jesus, to express the fullness of Jesus in us, we must keep the fullness of Jesus in ourselves. We are loved at a level that transforms us in a profound way, and the beauty of it is even when we're in the discourse, Many times we're just scratching the surface of that human comprehension that could miss it all and understand how massive this thing that Jesus has done this morning. What motivates us? And I truly believe this, to venture into the calling and the places that God wants to send us. We have to be motivated and driven by the powerful message sacrificial love of God. Amen. Let's pray this morning.